Welcome everyone to the Rethink It podcast, a podcast designed for equipping families and individuals struggling with brain health issues to identify practical, natural health science and lifestyle approaches to restore optimal brain health and prevent dementia. My podcast, my newsletter, my website, and my integrative practice all focus on providing down-to-earth solutions for upgrading and protecting brain health. This podcast is meant to supply women with brain fog and chronic health issues with the knowledge to choose affordable, effective tools and techniques that go beyond brain hacking. The goal is to preserve your quality of life, your health, your freedom, and your independence. I'm excited you're here today. I'm Sandy, your host for the next 30 minutes to an hour. For the next six months, as we try to get the word out there about this podcast content, we are offering a very special promotion. We will be doing a drawing to give away a free MRT food sensitivity test, which samples the top 88 common food sensitivities. This test has a value of $399 and we will be giving it away for free. MRT is the most advanced and reliable test for hidden inflammatory reactions to foods and food chemicals, and it identifies your best foods. So this is not an allergen test. This is a food sensitivity test. This helps you when you identify your best foods and all this hidden inflammatory reaction. It helps you make a strategic food plan in order to rapidly reduce systemic and digestive inflammation which improves outcomes of any other digestive health program that you're currently participating in. This is something I do for a lot of my clients um, in order to rapidly get ahead of the inflammation that they're dealing with. For more information about the test, please go to our website, beyondbrainhealth.com and check out the direct to you labs. We'll We'll also provide a link for you in the show notes. So you can check that out as well if that's an easier direction for you. But as I said above, I am excited to offer this test, this $399 test to you for free. Here's how you qualify to get it for free, okay? So I'm gonna warn you, since this test is almost $400, there are a few steps you must follow to qualify for this drawing. Okay, it's a $400 test, so it's not just one step, you guys. (laughs) So here we go. Go to your show notes on whatever podcaster you're listening on, whether it's Google, Apple, or Spotify. Give us a rating, good or bad. I appreciate both. And comment on the podcast. I I really appreciate the honest feedback, especially as I'm growing and learning this whole podcasting education process. I want you guys to really enjoy our time together. So let me know how I'm doing. All right, number two, step number two, you will also follow us on Instagram or Facebook, please, and give us a comment there as well. Those links should also be found on every single episode of our show notes. So you just need to open the show notes that you're listening on right now and, you know, click click the link to your Instagram or Facebook, um, whichever you guys prefer social media platform that you prefer to be on and follow us there and give us a comment. And lastly, to qualify for the drawing, please share this podcast with at least one person. Okay. So to sum up, you're giving us a rating on your favorite podcaster, whichever one you prefer. You're going to follow us on the podcast and on Instagram or Facebook, whichever you're on, and give us a comment on both. And lastly, you're going to share this content with at least one person. 
That's a few steps, but it shouldn't take you more than 60 seconds to complete all three. We will be doing the drawing on December 15th, 2023. So let's get the word out there. I'm very excited you guys are here with me today for this podcast. Oral health is a top issue when it comes to the brain, just like many other topics in health. There's a lot of poor information or dogma about how we're supposed to care for our teeth. For me, finding a holistically minded dentist was very much tied to my journey in natural health. Once I discovered Dr. Weston A. Price, he's a dentist from the 1930s and 40s, and his extensive research in nutrition, I also found his research about the connection between nutrition and oral health and his research into the dangers around root canals. So about 10 years ago, I sent out to find a biological dentist. I had a particular urgency in finding one because we had just taken most of our family to a holistic practitioner and done all the comprehensive root cause panels and labs that I now do for my clients. <laughs> and my husband's report was less than stellar. He had been suffering from chronic fatigue so severe that he would fall asleep at a stoplight. Anybody else deal with that? <laughs> Of course, his thyroid was off, but there was a reason, right? He was also developing frequent migraines, just more and more frequent migraines. And this is not a common thing for my husband. He had a mouthful of silver mercury fillings. If you guys have silver fillings, please know that they probably contain amalgamated mercury. And on top of all that, my husband's toxic burden on the lab panels that we did was through the roof and a lot of it had to do with the mercury that was in his mouth. So I did what most people do. I googled biological dentists in Atlanta, and we found one that seemed promising. I interviewed her, and we proceeded to um, remove his fillings like two at a time. Looking back now, I think I, I came across, I don't think it was the IAB, IABDM, which is the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and um, Medicine, which is where our um, interviewee comes from. She's the executive director of the International Academy of Biological Dentistry, Dentistry and um, Medicine. I think I came across IOMT, International Something of Something Toxicity, but it was, it was similar. So it was a an academy dedicated to natural dentistry, biological dentistry. And that's where I found my dentist. So that was my approach. And I think that's what most people do. Unfortunately, for me, even though I did all those things, I found my dentist, I interviewed her, made sure she really did understand toxic load. Because back then, when you said toxic load 10 years ago, people were like, excuse me, what? <laughs> So, you know, that I wanted to make sure she had just the basic understanding of holistic health if she was going to be a biological dentist for my family. So um, we found her and we did have um, most of those fillings removed, like I said, two at a time. But unfortunately, when we got down to the last two fillings, um, our dentist sold her practice to another so-called biological dentist. So my husband had been seeing improving brain function with each set of fillings that we removed along with the detox protocols that we were doing. But several weeks following that final appointment, we noticed that his migraines were back and more frequent than ever. His fatigue had returned with a vengeance. Unfortunately, this was a busy season in our life, so none of us, uh, neither of us could figure out what was going on for almost a year. We were just trying to push through life. You know how that is, right? <laughs> then one day, 
After a particularly bad migraine, I asked him to try to remember exactly when he noticed that the symptoms had begun. And he thought for a moment and said, you know, it was a few days after my last fillings were removed. And then he paused and he looked perplexed. And he finally said, that last dentist didn't take my fillings out the same way as the first one did. She didn't use the shield or vacuum, oxygen, or any of those other tools that other dentists did. The light bulb went off. <laughs> my husband had been experiencing acute mercury toxicity. In previous episodes, I explained how toxins often look like important biological minerals and will cause those minerals to be displaced, leading to severe mineral deficiencies. So in this case, mercury displaces elements like selenium, zinc, magnesium, manganese. Those elements are really crucial for many bodily functions in detoxification. You need them for detox, you need them for energy production and immune health. Needless to say, we dove into a very targeted de detoxification protocol to address the mercury. We opened all his drainage pathways and we heavily replaced the minerals that we knew were likely depleted. And it was less than two weeks before his migraines were gone. It was impressive. I also saw the power of dental work and how it affects the brain with my mother-in-law who you've heard me mention before, my sweet mother-in-law, who was like my best friend when I first got married, um, was battling cognitive decline and dementia for a while, but she had been mostly ind independent and functioning well on her own. I remember traveling down to see her while we were at lunch. She mentioned that her teeth were bothering her, that her filling was really giving her a hard time and she was going to have it replaced. She, had, she said she had an appointment to have it replaced in the following week. Now, this was prior to all of my research into holistic health. I did have a very, very base understanding that we didn't want to mess with mercury fillings. You probably didn't want to drill into them, but I didn't really understand why. I didn't. This was before my husband's experience. So... I remember kind of saying, you know, can you see if they'll use some different material than that silver fillings? And she kind of shrugged it off and said she was with a really good dentist and wasn't worried. Well, of course, you guys know how the story ends because I've shared it before. But unfortunately, it wasn't it was very close to the time of that last um, dental procedure that her decline was noticeably worse. And she continued at a rapid pace until she was really lost in oblivion. So. Looking back at this experience after the one I had with my husband, I had no doubt that fillings contributed to her cognitive decline and her rapid cognitive decline. And I share these stories to help you understand the immediate health impacts that dental work can have on your physical and mental well-being. In today's episode, I want to empower you with the information that I did not have when selecting my biological dentist. I'm excited for you to hear from my colleague, Dr. Don Yu Wing, who is currently serving as Executive Director of the International Academy of Biological Dentistry. Dr. Yu Wing's career started in dentistry. Living in a rural part of the country and wanting to serve her community, her career ended up taking a few twists. She became a licensed paramedic, then a flight medic in order to volunteer for her community. And then similar to many of us in the holistic health community, 
personal life experiences drove Dawn to more education. Dawn and her husband welcomed their first child into the world, and he was born with autism. Unable to find a practitioner to help her son almost 30 years ago, Dawn began to look at other modalities to help him. Being a flight medic had introduced her to alternative modalities of healing like acupuncture, herbal medicine, Ayurveda, and ultimately this led to an education in naturopathic medicine and integrative medicine. As mentioned, as I already mentioned, Dr. Yuling is the executive director of the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine. She has a PhD in integrative medicine, was recently appointed as adjunct faculty member in the Department of Oral Biology, Savitha Dental College. She's the author of a book, Let the Tooth Be Known, which I highly recommend. She was featured in the movie Root Cause about the dangers that root canal teeth can have on one's health which I also recommend, and I do believe you can get on YouTube, guys. And you have to do some digging, but I think you can get it for free. So just check it out. She also has a private practice in Spring, Texas, previously served on the faculty of Capital University of Integrative Medicine, was an affiliate faculty member of the American Heart Association, and served two terms on the Texas State Board of Dental Examiners. We can safely say that Dawn is not a boring person. When not talking about teeth, she runs a parrot rescue called Parrots Hilton. I am so excited for you to hear from Dr. Ewing today, and I'm sure this conversation will help you have some better tools to work with when searching out good dental care for yourself and for your family. Dr. Ewing, thank you for joining us today. Um, so do you mind sharing a little bit about what you are currently doing in your practice and, and your role in the IABDM? Yes, I um, my primary role as executive director is education and making sure that we stay on the cutting edge of everything that's out there, which is really hard to do because stuff is coming out all the time. Um, my private practice, I've really tried to start to not close it down, but dwindle it down. So I don't do as many things as I used to. I really am only using thermography and EAV. And mm-hmm. I do that on a more part-time basis. So I can mm-hmm. dedicate more time to the IABDM mm-hmm. and getting more dentists, you know, and physicians. Right. Um, having served two terms on the dental board, it really opened my eyes to um, what it means to be within your scope of practice. Mm-hmm. And so it takes a team. Right. It, dentistry can only do so much. Right. And a lot of what happens involves going outside of your scope of practice. So it means networking with a functional medical doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where biological dentistry really shines. You, you can't know it all. You can't do it all. Right. Mm-hmm. So it takes a team to be able to do that. Yeah, I definitely think that um, as a, I feel like that that is actually my opinion as a functional health practitioner, that I can't know it all and I can't do it all. And I have to have a biological dentist on my team or to refer to because the oral health is so important to the brain health. <laughs> so do you mind just filling in? I know you meant EA, uh, mentioned EAV and I'm sure people are sitting there going, what, what is EAV? <laughs> um, electroacupuncture according to Vol, And I use it specifically for the teeth. There are a lot of people who go through and look at different Vol points and try to help you figure out where your biggest burden is electrically. Now, I, I explained to a 
most patients that what I'm doing is kind of like an electrician coming and checking out your circuits in your home to try to see why a breaker keeps tripping or taking your car in when the service engine soon light comes on and they run some computer diagnostics and go, oh, you blew a breaker. Mm -hmm. Wow, how'd you know that? Because the computer told me so. So all I'm doing is just trying to see where electricity is having a difficult time um, and the resistivity is higher. And usually I'll find some kind of a dental issue, but not always. Sometimes I'll find that it's a health issue and direct them to go to a functional medical doctor instead. Oh, wow. Okay. So how is just, just for just bare minimum so people can conceptualize what that looks like? What, what is a, what is your setup for an EAV system? Uh, it is a basic old meter. You're holding on to a very small brass bar in one hand, and I am holding on to a probe that has a blunted tip mm-hmm. and touching different acupuncture points. Oh, and, really and it's cool. connected to a battery, not to the wall. So we're mm-hmm. putting a very small 5.4 volts of electricity into the body. And then oh, when okay. I touch a point, it completes the circuit. I know how much I put in. I put 50 electrons in. I would like to get 50 out. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a very simple test, and it doesn't uh, it doesn't hurt at all. I mean, nothing I do between that and thermography hurts. Right, right. <laughs> it's just gathering data, and then that information goes to a dentist or a physician. Half of my patients come from functional medical doctors where they can see in traditional labs that there's something off. Mm-hmm. But they can pinpoint where that is. They can see there's an infection someplace, but they've not yet been able to track it. Oh, wow. And then when I do my test, oftentimes I will help point them in a direction. Is it, do you do the same thing with the uh, thermography? Is it, more, do you have more specific thermography scanning that you're doing or just no, do systemic? Do a, lot of, or? a lot of full body. Uh, thermography is just a heat seeking camera mm-hmm. and you're looking for inflammation. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you've got some kind of massive inflammation someplace in the body, in particular a tooth, you know, your teeth are pretty close to your brain. Mm-hmm. So it can, can mess you up everything from, you know, a, a galvanic reaction from dissimilar metals that can create such a disturbance with the hertz being so high mm-hmm. that it messes with brain fog to oh, wow. heavy metals. Mm-hmm. And that contributing to a brain fog. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Some of those infections in the top teeth go up into the maxillary sinus and it's really a very small amount of bone before all of a sudden you're up in the brain again. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I remember learning as a PA um, that if we had mastoid tenderness that we needed to treat with antibiotics very aggressively (laughs) because we were looking at a very quick infection into the brain cavity. So I remember how important that was just from my medical experience. But yeah, your brain is close to your teeth, people. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I really kind of want people to know, I get this question all the time. um, What is a biological dentist and what is biological dentistry? Okay. It's a fair question. Um, First off, the word biological, the first part of it, bios, means life. Mm -hmm. And for me, the rest of it is logical. So you're you're doing things that are conducive to life versus some of the things that we do in dentistry like killing a tooth, which would be a root canal. Mm -hmm. 
uh, it's a necessary evil when we're looking at things like radiation. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to do that in the conventional world or the biological world. So mm-hmm. biological dentistry is not stupid dentistry. Right. It goes beyond the standard of care. And we try to do things that are preemptive. Mm-hmm. A, a biological dentist wouldn't use mercury mm-hmm. in an amalgam. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't use fluoride. Mm-hmm. They would get involved with your primary care physician, especially if they see patterns of things like maybe you have a, a tooth on top, which is a molar that has decay. And the only other area you have a decay is on a bicuspid on the bottom, on the opposite side. Now you would not think those would connect, but they're on the same meridian. Mm. And so then it makes us start thinking of, well, does this person have a thyroid problem? Do they have a problem with their stomach? Why mm-hmm. did those two teeth decay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because what we're taught in school is the only way you can get a cavity is if you don't take care of your teeth, you don't brush and floss. Right. And it's just too coincidental that those two teeth would decay in between, but mm-hmm. not the teeth on either side of them. Right. Those teeth are on a different meridian. Right. So it would make that dentist be more proactive and say, there is a reason these two teeth decayed. Mm-hmm. And let's make sure that we don't have six other teeth start getting decay in them because we're missing a puzzle piece. Yeah, I got you. So I know that, I mean, I've, I've looked at the uh, meridians of, you know, how the teeth are connected to organ systems. And you, you just mentioned something really interesting, how I've always perceived it, especially like in my experience in medicine, um, for example, I've had surgical patients going for open heart surgery and we put their surgery off because their teeth are bad and we don't want to get a endocarditis. Um, but what, what I heard you say is that, that an organ system dysfunction, and correct me if I missed it, <laughs> can actually lead to tooth decay and not just the teeth and the, leading to organ dysfunction. Right. Am I getting that right? Yep, yep. you're exactly right. Wow, that's really interesting. I yeah, really never connected ways. that. You can yeah. have uh, an organ that is so dysfunctional that mm-hmm. it does not allow enough energy to get to all those teeth that are on that meridian. Mm-hmm. And you'll start seeing those teeth more susceptible to decay or spontaneously abscess. Wow, that's Most interesting. Most of the time what we see is that it's already gone too far and that the people have had electrical disconnects in the way of a root canal mm-hmm. where the tooth is now affecting the meridian mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. having health problems because of infections mm-hmm. along mm-hmm. that pathway or electrical disconnects. But yes, it does work both ways. That's really, that's really good. <laughs> that's, I mean, that was really helpful. And I honestly never thought of it that way. <laughs> which I don't know why, but I just never have. So, um, so you were in the, you participated in a, a a docuseries or documentary called uh, root cause talked about, um, the effects of root canals on your health. And you just started to touch on it just a little bit just now. So that's why I figured I'd come over and talk about it. Talk to folks. This is something I think is well under, under understood poorly understood let's just say that (laughs) people don't realize how the effect that root canals can have on their health i think that's definitely i mean most people know about amalgams by now or have a clue that they're not good Um, a lot of dentists i know are switching to kind of the um what do you call it non-metal fillings composite composite thank you um but root canals i'm i'm kind of shocked to find 
still a lot of people have them or are getting them done. Talk to us about what a root canal, how it affects your, your, the health of your teeth and your body. Um, a root canal, regardless of whether somebody tells you they can sterilize it, which it's not possible to do, is taking a tooth that was a living organ with blood supply in it, nurturing all of those tubules that have bone marrow in them. We call it dentin in that area of the body. Mm -hmm. And once you remove that blood supply, it's dead. Mm -hmm. And we're told in school that we can sterilize and and, and we'll be healthy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can't have a healthy dead something. And we all agree (laughs) that a root canal is a dead tooth. For me, it's just simply an electrical disconnect. I do recognize that there's bacteria in every root canal tooth. Mm -hmm. It's not possible to sterilize it. Mm -hmm. But your body is able to clean up areas. Mm -hmm. And so the bacteria for me is not the primary issue. It is the electrical disconnect, just like Mm -hmm. cutting a cord on a lamp Mm -hmm. and then wondering why the lamp won't come on. Mm -hmm. Come on, because you don't have electricity to it anymore. Mm Was do you, are you familiar? I'm sure you are um, with the research that Weston A. Price did on root canal teeth that that were infected. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can you talk share that um, with the oh, yes. audience? Yes, yes. Dr. Price did research. We're talking about like in the early 1930s, mm-hmm. where he was doing root canals and noticing that his patients that he did root canals on were oftentimes ill. Mm-hmm. And so the research he did involved rabbits. He almost wiped out the rabbit population in Ohio. (laughs) He would remove a root canal tooth from a patient, and then he would sterilize the area, and then he would, and then he would uh, flip the tooth under the skin of the rabbit, Mm -hmm. and later sacrifice the rabbit, and Mm -hmm. ended up doing autopsies, looking at the rabbits. And finding that they passed away from whatever the person had. So with all of that research from Weston Price, Mm -hmm. time goes by. And you have a a gentleman, Dr. Meinig, Mm -hmm. who was the past president of the American Endodontic Association, who also noticed that he was doing root canals on younger and younger children. And he was noticing health issues. And so he started doing some research and he fell into Weston Price's research. Uh. <laughs> and he thought, well, this is ridiculous. This uh-huh. is be. So he tried to reproduce it and got similar results and went before his peers and said, I'm not saying that we're bad people or we're doing anything wrong. I'm saying that we need to look at what we're doing and maybe do things differently. Mm-hmm. And he was actually shunned. Boy, isn't that a pattern <laughs> in that yes, last podcast? Yeah, just like H. pylori, I know. I, so, I talked about Dr. Semmelweis. Do you know Dr. Semmelweis oh, yeah, with the yeah, hand washing? Oh, yes. Boy, let me tell you, anytime you start ch- ch- you know, challenging the status quo. <laughs> so he wrote a book called The Root Canal Cover-Up. Oh, wow. Which is an excellent book for people to get a hold of. Oh, good. Um, there's another dentist that's in Australia that just wrote the best referenced book that I have seen in quite some time, and it's called The Garbage Collector. Oh. And, and it is um, 
all about EAV and root canals and mercury fillings and fluoride being toxic. But he goes in incredible detail. And the reason he did that is because the Australian Dental Association came after him. And oh, so my gosh. <laughs> at his age, he figured it was he could be more helpful to the masses by getting the truth out instead mm-hmm. of participating in the standard of dentistry. Right. Yeah. So you also mentioned uh, fluoride, and I am going to go into more of that in a, f- a future podcast because it's a big, I mean, it's it, a neurotoxin. It's a neuro- yeah. <laughs> I know. I remember when I mentioned this maybe uh, nine or 10 years ago to some colleagues of mine, they were like, <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's good for your teeth. So talk to me about fluoride. Well, okay. If you put fluoride in high enough concentrations in the water like they did in Germany, you can brainwash people. There you go. It it will uh, cause children to have lower IQs. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we know in high quantities, even where it's natural in the water, it can cause fluorosis. Mm-hmm. And it increases your risk for problems with bones, mm-hmm. i.e. bone cancers. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it was a waste product of the atom bomb. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, you're looking for good books. You, you read The Fluoride Deception. It's a great book. The Fluoride Deception. Give you... Mm-hmm. Give you all of the, it, it'll actually make you ill mm-hmm. because you're finding out how the government got involved and it was cover-ups and they wanted to make people feel safe. So what could they do? What Where could we put this fluoride? Wow, we could, at that time, it was not legal for dentists to advertise. You could mm-hmm. have a shingle up that had your name, but you couldn't advertise it any other way. Really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. And you couldn't have... Uh, you know, painless dentistry or whiter teeth. There was just no advertising allowed. Hmm. And so they decided, well, you know, if we went to the American Dental Association and we said, could you put this in something like maybe toothpaste? Everybody uses toothpaste. Mm -hmm. And and then people would think it's safe. And if you created something like a seal of approval, Mm -hmm. then we would create this banner that says, see your dentist twice a year. Oh, man. When when you start looking at the how all this came into being, you're just going, I I believe, you know, it wasn't so long ago that the United States government made posters where you would see a mother or a grandmother giving a teaspoon of something to a child. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. That something was cod liver oil because it was high in A and D and would help prevent you from getting colds or flu during cold weather. Mm-hmm, well, as mm-hmm. soon as antibiotics came into being and penicillin, all those posters went away. Yep. <laughs> there's a big pharma connection to a lot of these, but the statistical data, when you look at it in countries that have removed fluoride, there's not a difference in the decay rate. Yeah, And any differences that were in decay rate would be, was because people went to see a dentist more often yeah. <laughs> until they had a huge hole. Um, you know, that was also some of what Western, Western A. Price showed, like 
places that were under under industrialized the right. the third world those people had better teeth <laughs> like... yeah, because they were eating foods that was that were indigenous and they weren't consuming sugar mm-hmm. if you actually look at some of some of his first works he started noticing that some of the photographs came back of people with very nice wide arches and mm-hmm. no decay mm. And then those same cultures they would go into now a generation later, the arches were smaller, the teeth were crooked. Mm. The only thing that was different was the missionaries that went in with the Bible also brought sugar. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So it was him, he that found the the connection of sugar and decay. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. so yeah, it's, you know, we look at sugar exposures, but you will also see people who have high sugar exposures that are very healthy mm-hmm. and they don't have decay. Mm-hmm. Um, there isn't an advantage to sugar. So I hesitate to say healthy yeah. people can eat sugar, but in yeah. small quantities they can yep. and, and rebound from it. Yep. I think there was some, and this is just a total aside here, but I I love history too. I I read a lot of history and I think I came across this, uh, this review on the bones that they found in, in the UK from like the time prior to the, when the sugar cane was found and imported back to the UK and the wealthy got the sugar, right? So they introduced, and then I think once this 12, what, 1,400, 1,400, maybe 1,4500, something like that. The bones before that time, they didn't have as much decay in the mouth. And then the bones of the wealthy who had access to sugar in about the 1,4500s when they introduced the sugar showed a tremendous amount of decay and they died sooner. So yeah, sugar, I don't think there's really much benefit to it. If we can wean people off of it, that's a great idea. Yeah, other than the taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Small quantities, again, I don't think are, and I don't think, again, like you said, I don't think they are in small quantities. It's going to cause your teeth to rot out. That's more involvement there. But I do, you know, everything in, in um, moderation, obviously. Um, so in my integrative practice, I work with a lot of clients with um, brain health issues, and I, I see how important it is to address the oral health. I always ask the question. It's always on the intake. And I often find myself having to recommend them to see and consult a biological dentist about root canals um, or amalgams. Um, how important or how significant do you think oral health is to overall health? You kind of touched on it already a little bit. But yeah, it's tremendous. If you're looking at hearing, particularly law, brain health, is this, yeah, yeah. At Herring's law, you heal from top to bottom. So if we're looking at things, the mouth actually comes before gut health because the mouth is the beginning of the gut. Exactly. Yep. And so we have to take a lot of things into consideration. Um, you know, when we're looking at plaques in arteries we're mm-hmm. actually finding similar bacteria than what are in root canal teeth mm-hmm. we are finding very specific bacterias with cardiovascular disease with diabetes so now we're able to look at perio patients and do some dna testing on their saliva eradicate the pathogen mm-hmm. and coincidentally their gums and bones are healthier in their mouth 
Mm-hmm. But coincidentally, mm-hmm. we are preventing them from stroke, cardiovascular disease. Mm-hmm. It's all tied together. Even rheumatoid arthritis. I remember seeing a DNA salivary test on a little girl who had um, acute onset juvenile arthritis. Mm-hmm. And what they found was a high level of AA, which is a specific pathogen. Mm-hmm. And they gave her uh, augmentin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and her symptoms all went away. Now, come to find out, her her grandmother was her caregiver during the day. Mm-hmm. Her grandmother had periodontal disease. Mm. She got the AA because her grandmother was sharing beverages with her all Oh, day. my gosh. <laughs> it's not that she's, she's still at risk for yeah. juvenile arthritis, but yeah. if they keep her oral cavity in check, they're mm-hmm. able to put this off instead of starting her on a lifetime of steroids uh-huh. at such a young age. Right. And they were able to get the grandmother looked at too and, and coincidentally help her perio. So wow. yes, the health of the mouth goes far beyond, you know, we're now taking out root canal teeth and we're sending off those teeth. There's a company in Colorado Springs, Colorado, that does PCR testing on 88 different pathogens, bacteria, virus, fungus, and parasites that are in the teeth. It's not uncommon for it to come back with H. pylori or Borrelia. Wow. I mean, really? There we go, guys. Lime again. Lime. (laughs) You know, it's absolutely insane when you look at these pathogens that come back and they specifically spell out what each pathogen can do in the body. This one sets up the higher risk of breast cancer. This one causes mm. arthritis in the joints. Mm. Um, it's fascinating to look at this because, again, I was taught these are sterile teeth. Mm-hmm. 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 It, now, I still stand that if we could magically sterilize them, it's still an electrical disconnect. Yeah. You know, yeah. These teeth are living organs. They have yep. a lymphatic a blood supply, a nerve supply. Yes. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden we're just trying to disconnect them. There isn't any mm-hmm. place in medicine that says, oh, I'm going to feel really bad if I take your gallbladder out. So what I did was I just took out all the meat mm-hmm. and I filled it with silly putty. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of black. It looks funky, but you can still say you have your gallbladder. Yeah. Yeah. We just clipped the common bile duct and just left the sack there. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> It does not make sense. But yeah. some of these pathogens that are in root canals, we know that th- this bacteria interferes with the body's production of ATP. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it squashes it. Mm-hmm. And we know that... Now we're it, talking about the mitochondria. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> fatigue. These yeah. people have incredible fatigue and brain fog. Mm-hmm. It, it's some of the... Some of the off-gassing of this bacteria are mm-hmm. bioethers and mercaptans. People, we're talking about nerve gases that were used in world wars. Wow. Wow. Why would you want to have something like that? I prize my teeth. Oh, my goodness. If I had to have a tooth taken out, I would cry violently. <laughs> but I also understand that my immune system would not be able to handle it. Not yeah. mine. Somebody yeah. else's might be able to. Mm-hmm. There are people who smoke to 105 Yep. You can't say that smoking makes everybody have lung cancer. Right, right. <laughs> Genetics. I stopped short of saying every that complex. canal needs to come out. Yep. Uh, there might be somebody that can tolerate them for the most part. 
Mm-hmm. I tell people, I, I do understand that you are giving up some good health. I just mm-hmm. like to figure out how much you're giving up. And that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, there's definitely what we what I'm seeing and a lot of, in fact, I just listened to a lecture by a neurologist who was talking about preventative, a preventative neurology, which is a completely new concept, but talking specifically about Parkinson's and how they're doing something that's very new for medical doctors, which is sort of preventative care that is not based on straight up, you know, double blind placebo control algorithms, but more precision-based medicine where we look at the specific um, combinations of risk factors for each individual. That is not a medical approach. That is a holistic approach. That's what we do. That's what I do. (laughs) But it's very interesting to see that the medical world is even actually catching up to that. And that would be, you know, what what are your toxic burdens already? How well do you clear them? You know, what's your genetic preponderance? All those things that you were mentioning. Not everybody dies of lung cancer that smokes is the same as what you're saying with the oral health, you know, right. This has you, to do. you look at me, I have, um, I don't have fillings. So I, I don't have a mercury exposure, but my mercury was really high. I do have a methylation issue. Mm-hmm. I, I have a COMT and MTHFR, a couple of them and mm-hmm. a bunch of other SNPs that get in the way. And mm-hmm. so my exposure was breathing mercury. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which then when I wanted to get pregnant, I would get pregnant and then I would have spontaneous abortions because as that infant's blood would mix with mine, it would clean me up slightly, but mm-hmm. that infant, it was not conducive to life. So mm-hmm. it would spontaneously abort. Wow. By the time I got to my son, I was able, which he was my fifth pregnancy. Oh, wow. Um, I was able to hold the pregnancy Mm-hmm. And yet he was getting his hit of mercury in utero. Wow. I got my hit, uh, you know, as, as an adult. And I'm mm-hmm. sure as a child, I had vaccinations, mm-hmm. I wore contacts at a very young age, and they used to have mm-hmm. mercury as a stabilizing agent for contact solutions. So oh, I know really? I had small yeah. exposures along the way, but you look at me and you would not think a dental issue. Right, right. So you wouldn't even think to do heavy metal testing on me. Sure. And I wasn't yeah. really complaining of symptoms. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it, it does take thinking outside of the box. Yeah, to it does. unravel things that you don't even know. And then when I found out I had high levels of heavy metals, nobody really knew about methylation issues. Yeah, that was, so was 30 years ago. That meals. was really new. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's a very, that's, that's still kind of new to a lot of people, but I have touched on it in a couple of other podcasts. So that that's good. And, you know, I really appreciate what you were saying about the electricity, electrical connections, because that's another thing that I really try to drive home that, you know, Ultimately, if we peel all the way back to what what we are on, we go cell, we go atom, we go electrons, right? We're electrical. We are electrical. And so when we disrupt the electrical connection of our bodies, it's a big deal. <laughs> like it, it is, really it affects everything. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. And dentistry is notorious for taking different metals. We put a gold crown, we put a silver crown here, we put a nickel something over here, mm-hmm. we put a wire for a retainer down on the bottom and mm-hmm. wonder why these kids are, you know, emotional oh, yeah. and can't think. Oh, yeah. There is a lot that goes on in dentistry just because of dissimilar metals. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, I remember. It's a battery. Yeah. You, yeah. Your saliva is 
is just a conducting like gel. <laughs> conducting gel. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's really a good point. So when it comes to dental procedures linked to chronic health conditions, particularly brain issues, um, do you what are the, like the top t- top dental procedures that can you think contribute to those things? To neurological. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Having mercury fillings placed, mm-hmm. having them removed without any protocol. Mm-hmm. I'd rather somebody leave them in their mouth than get them taken out incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> uh, endodontically treated teeth. What do you mean by that? Uh, root canals. Okay. Root canals. Okay. Um, extractions sometimes can create an issue and it's not always the way they were uh, Mm -hmm. extracted it could be they got a dry socket it could be their vitamin d level was so low they couldn't even build bone back Uh into that area so Uh it creates an electrical disconnect Mm -hmm. and oddly enough implants implants so if you had a tooth removed i know that i saw uh, or i was maybe it was in that um the root canal or root cause documentary, they talked at the end about um, the different types of um, implants. Yes, because there are some times that you actually do need them because like, for example, my husband, he he has, he had an issue with crowns. Long story short, he had the last two molars, both of them removed. (laughs) And he's trying to adjust with braces and all this. But, and they want to put a, you know, implant in the mouth and of course i was like "Ah, i don't want an implant (laughs) but i don't know what else you're going to do and the dentist like you have to have an implant there's nothing to chew on that side well that's not true you don't have to there you go okay fill Um, us in the the options in dentistry are twofold one is a titanium implant Mm -hmm. which all titanium has nickel in it Mm -hmm. they don't make any they don't have nickel in them and there you for go. some women, that is a problem yep. because of the nickel. They're right. reactive to it. Mm-hmm. For me, it's an issue because it is such a metal. It's like mm-hmm. sticking a spoon in an electric socket and bending around, sticking it in the bottom. You can short out that meridian. Uh-huh. So the way I try to explain it to patients is most of your, if you look, go through and look at your teeth, there are eight teeth on most of the meridians. You uh-huh. only have four cuspids and you only have four wisdom teeth on Uh similar meridians but other than that we've got eight so if you think of an eight lane freeway with an electrical pole that's fallen across all eight lanes with electricity and wires zapping all over the place that's a titanium implant it can create some problems titanium is also known as a hapton is anything that can trigger autoimmune Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so in biological world we try to stay away from the titanium. Titanium. Mm-hmm. Your option two is a zirconia implant, which mm-hmm. is porcelain. Mm-hmm. But electricity can't go through porcelain at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now it is like placing a stalled car in one lane of your eight lanes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The issue comes in if you have had a problem, let's say you have Crohn's disease, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that has methodically had eight teeth die through the years. Nobody's ever figured out that you had Crohn's and only those teeth were an issue. Mm. And now you get all eight root canals removed Mm -hmm. and somebody decides to drop in eight implants. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You have eight stalled cars. You have completely blocked your body's ability to send electricity through there. Um. So we try to network a physician and dentist together so that the physician can say, nah, this person can't have all eight lanes blocked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've got to be creative and do some bridge work. And mm-hmm. we're going to have to selectively place where these implants go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are options, though. You can wear a removable partial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not ideal, but mm-hmm. there are instances where people are not healthy enough where they are to tolerate even a zirconia implant. Wow. Wow. So if a cancer patient comes in, I'm telling them we're gonna we're gonna go with removable partials until you can sure. prove to us that you have some good health to give away. We don't have anything in dentistry as good as what God gave us originally. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's right. That's right. Same thing in medicine. We really have nothing as good as God gave us, you know. And that's that's the goal in my holistic practices to support the design that God gave us in our bodies and allow it to thrive and do its job. <laughs> you know, I find that dentistry, if it's if we have the right supportive um, biological dentist in our team, then that helps us in that goal, you know, in achieving kind of that homeostasis that the body is meant to be in, that God created it to be in. But it's when we have this added toxic burden, added, added electrical disruption, that we end up with imbalance in the body. Right. I yeah. mean, it, when you're looking at, you know, how God designed the body, you think about the fact that you can cut your finger and you don't have to go look up the clotting cascade. Right. It just starts to happen. It just starts happening. We're still walking down the street, talking on a cell phone, chewing gum all at the same time. Those are just multitasking and it's happening. It's amazing. Having a root canal means that the body has been used to picking up a microphone and saying, clean up on aisle nine. And people go to aisle nine with a bucket and they clean everything up. Mm-hmm. But now that their electricity has been disconnected, they pick up the microphone and they go through the motion, but nobody hears the call. Oh, that's a great way of putting go. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so you have all this mayhem going on. Yeah. Now, when the tooth is removed and all the dead bone is gone, it is like splicing a wire back together. Mm-hmm. It means removing the dead tooth, though, with all the dead bone around it. And once mm-hmm. that happens, the body is so intuitive that it makes its connection again. Isn't that amazing? I it, mean, it really just, is. It, it's like it's amazing. <laughs> you have that telephone pole across the lanes. If you could just have someone magically remove the telephone pole, the cars would instantly be able to go. The the freeway's not been damaged. You just yeah. had a blockage. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's a great, great analogy. And I think one that's easy to follow for most people. <laughs> so that was awesome. That's perfect. Um, so, you know, I, I, I oftentimes coach people in how to support their bodies if they have to go into the dentist and kind of prepare for it. What are some of the things that you would recommend people do to prepare if they have to have dental procedures? Um, it really depends on what dental procedure they're going to have done. So fair, fair I would enough. like for them to be working with a functional person. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're talking about getting ready for amalgam removal, I would like the excretory routes open, meaning mm-hmm. they're 
lymphatics, lung, liver, large intestine, kidneys are all functioning well. Optimally. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the GFR is not below 60. Mm-hmm. I don't have an elevated bilirubin. Mm-hmm. There's, you're in an okay place because mm-hmm. when you are cleaning up your body, those are your lip traps. Mm-hmm. Imagine that you're drying a brand new beach towel mm-hmm. and it's really fluffy. Yep. If you had a lint trap that was already full, your dryer will go round and round and round, but the towel won't get dry. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You have to stop the dryer and clean out the lint trap. So what we do is try to prepare the person by going in optimally, mm-hmm. then having the amalgams removed with a nose piece over their nose where they're breathing alternative air source. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Oxygen. The dentist <laughs> and the assistant will be wearing gas masks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very frightening scene. You are covered from head to toe because mm-hmm. when they touch the filling with this diamond drill, not only does it heat the mercury, which is more bioavailable mm-hmm. for getting into cells, but it creates a particulate that splatters all over the place on your clothing. You don't want to take your clothing home and wash it and mm. put it in your dryer and then end up with mercury vapor in your home. Oh my goodness. So it's a very, very strict protocol that needs to be followed uh-huh. in order to keep you safe. But if we're talking about having an extraction, mm-hmm. we would want to make sure that this person isn't on any thinners. Oftentimes mm-hmm. people are taking herbals and they don't even know that that could be a thinner. Yep. yep. Uh, like fish oils. Right. And we want to make sure that their vitamin D level is between 60 and 80 at, mm-hmm. at the least. Wow. Sometimes I... I'm looking at people after the fact, and I'll say, you need to get a vitamin D level done. It comes back 12. Yeah. That doesn't even count. You yeah. don't have any vitamin D. Yeah. Like, the, what, what is that? that the, are you, how are you living? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Other yes. times there are some clotting disorders mm-hmm. that are involved. Mm-hmm. So depending on the procedure, you know, when we're looking at a biological office, we love to less is more. Mm-hmm. Think of it that way. When you crown a tooth, mm-hmm. that's a really sad thing because mm-hmm. that tooth, if you think of it this way, you brush your teeth before you go to bed and you run your tongue over your teeth. Mm-hmm. It's nice and slick. Mm-hmm. What do they feel like the next morning? They're all slimy and they stink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a healthy tooth pushes its waste out through the tubules to the outside, which is the biofilm. Oh, that's there you go. the plaque. Okay. Your tooth poops while you sleep. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> I didn't know that. You crown a tooth, you uh-huh. oh, So man. in the biological world, we would prefer to an inlay, an onlay, a three-quarter crown, anything uh-huh. we could do to provide some window of natural enamel for the tooth to still be able to detoxify. Oh, wow. That's a great, thank you so for sharing that. There's a lot of things mm-hmm. in, in biological dentistry that, we have to take a dentist where they are Mm -hmm. and start their journey. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then we tell them it's not the destination. Don't try to get to point C tomorrow. Right. The journey. And you're going to take all your patients with you on this journey as you're learning. Right. Right. That's so good. Yeah, but you know, in medicine, we are, we kind of get this impression that we know everything by the time we graduate and that we should be the experts at everything when reality is we know the basics and we're going to... That's all they can teach you in school is the basics. Right. And we should be forever 
doing research until the day we die if we are practicing in any way for human health, <laughs> you know, whether it's yeah, medicine or holistic in, health. In biological dentistry, dentistry mm -hmm. so much has changed. We, we make mistakes as we're going, you know, mm -hmm. for many years we thought, okay, well, um, the mercury is coming off of these amalgams. Maybe we could have a higher copper content and that would bind it. Well, that just made it worse. Oh, it really? Faster. So we stopped doing that. And then we said, okay, well, let's take out the, the mercury fillings and let's do composites. doesn't mm -hmm. matter what they are, just not mercury. And then we started seeing higher incidences of glioblastoma. So mm. then we started looking at, well, wait a minute. Some of these white fillings have BPA. Mm. Oh, well, we just increased their exposure of BPA. Oh, my so goodness. So now we try to use safer materials than what mm -hmm. we do. You, you make mistakes. Right. That's yep. why they call it practicing medicine and dentistry because Thank nobody... You actually knows the answer exactly exactly but you do make a great point that there is um toxicity linked to every single one of those things toxin 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 that's what i heard bpa mercury <laughs> nickel we're talking about toxins that interfere with the body and in my last podcast i talked about how a toxin is anything it's essentially a for you know an unstable element that steals electrons. That's why it causes electrical disruption. Mm -hmm. So that's why it causes imbalances in the cell because on, on an anatomic level, we are electrical. <laughs> so when we lose an electron to a toxin, we're making free radicals in the body and all kinds of problems. So that's so great. Such good information. <laughs> so I had an experience, um, where when I started in my holistic journey, and unfortunately, my husband's the one who had to reap the, the fallout here, he had a ton of mercury fillings. And, uh, you know, I'd gone to a holistic practitioner, he was having, I mean, fatigue, like it was going out of style, and just thyroid was off, everything was off. And he had a mouthful of amalgams. So we did go to the IABDM website, I think we found a dentist in Atlanta, we, I interviewed her <laughs> as much as I could. And she had the philosophy that I felt was pretty solid on and understood. I felt like she had a really solid understanding of mercury. I mean, like really did. And so we began to remove some algums and then two at a time because they were expensive to remove and no insurance mm -hmm. pays for that, you know? So the last two were scheduled, but in the meantime, the dentist sold her practice to another, quote, biological dentist um, who supposedly had the same philosophy, whatever. Long story short, she did none of the precautionary things. I mean, none of them. And he ended up with a massive mer acute mercury toxicity, which led to more you know, migraines, fatigue, just, and it was bad. It was really bad. It was worse than his beginning. Um, and, you know, I, I thought I had done all the things, found the biological dentist, interviewed them, you know, from as much as I could. And I've come to find after talking to many other um, dentists in this field that that is you not all biological dentists are the, are the same <laughs> and right. not everybody on the website is a biological dentist like right. we're practicing as one. So. This is really the meat and potatoes of what I want my um, audience to know. Like, how do they, um, you know, empower themselves to wisely choose a biological? I, I feel so, uh, you know, I feel I empathize with my clients who are really trying. They're trying to advocate for themselves. They're trying to eat well, clean up their diet, 
do all the right things. They're working hard to change their whole lifestyle. And it's very hard in the American you know, space to eat clean and all those things. And so and they do all the right things and then they still crash and burn because they just didn't know this one thing. <laughs> you know? right, right. So this and is the know. thing that I want uh, some help with. You know, How do we discern a good biological dentist? How do we interview them? When I took over the academy, which was, oh my gosh, I'm all, well, over 25 years ago, one of my most frustrating things was dealing with the lay public and them saying, I went to one of your members. And then I would call that member and find out that they joined because they wanted to jump on a bandwagon mm -hmm. of natural, but they weren't there yet. Mm -hmm. So we created a certification process. Anybody, mm -hmm. anybody who has a license can join our organization. Mm -hmm. They just may not be enlightened yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They need to go through a 17 module certification where we explain everything to them and then they come before their peers and actually present mm -hmm. and show how they do things in their office. But even at that, they may backslide mm -hmm, and go, mm -hmm. well, I did this just so that I could, but I don't really believe in this. Right. I created a set of questions that I put on the website. Oh, great. Just for lay people. Perfect. So they not only have the questions, they have the hopeful answer. And Good. if they don't answer that way, you move on. There you go. That's perfect. I'm going to link that in the um, show notes so that you can easily access that, um, the, the questions and answers that we're talking about here in this podcast. Um, it'll be connected to the IABDM website, right? It's easily found there. But I'll specifically link that site so you don't have to go searching for it. That, you know, that's, that's really the tools. I don't think that that was available. When did you take on the IABDM role? Uh, my son was really small, so I'm going to say about 25 years ago. Okay. Well, maybe I just didn't come across it. I, I, I was on the site probably, like I said. There's a years. sister organization to us, the IAOMT, which is the International or, uh, mm. Oral Medical Toxicology. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But they, and they have a very similar belief as far as safe mercury removal. They call theirs the SMART protocol. We call ours the PROTECT. That's right. Um, but mm -hmm. they are still, they think root canals can be sterilized. Mm -hmm. That you could do a biological root canal. Mm -hmm. That would be mm -hmm. like saying that you have a living corpse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a zombie tooth. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, not, no. But, you know, not everybody is where I am. Mm -hmm. I would make that decision having the information I have because I have an autoimmune. Right. But if I didn't know any better, why would you want to have a tooth taken out? Right. So I always tell people, look, if, if you're not sure, go get the root canal. We can right. always take it out later. Right. It's a tooth, though. If you take it out, it's gone permanently. It's a mm -hmm. permanent decision. Right. So you need to be pretty clear about what it is you want to do. Right. And don't make a knee-jerk reaction. That's, that's perfect. Take your time review the information, talk to your team, your team of professionals taking care of you, your functional health doc and provider, holistic health provider, your biological dentist, talk to them, ask them lots of questions and take some time to think about it. It doesn't have to be, like you said, something that you do on a knee jerk. 
So I just have a few more, one more real kind of practical question, and it's probably a very simple one for you to answer. Answer, and then I just let, let you answer or just give us any more information that you want to share with us. But besides brushing and flossing, what are other daily oral health practices that you would recommend that everyone follow to optimize their oral and dental health? Chew on some raw food. That's you great. Know, yeah. Because you're, you're exercising your, your teeth when you do that. So some carrots, you know, something that provided you have stable teeth. Mm-hmm. Do visit your dentist if you have perio issues. Mm-hmm. If you see pink in the sink, that's a problem. If you mm-hmm. spit and you see blood, if I wash my hands and all of a sudden my cuticle started bleeding, I'd freak. Mm-hmm. But people mm-hmm. get so used to seeing blood when they brush or floss and then spit Mm -hmm. that they think that that's normal for them. Yes. Not healthy. It's not good. That's not normal. Not Mm -hmm. at all. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't care if you use toothpaste or not. It's the mechanical action of the toothbrush. Mm -hmm. If the toothpaste actually did something to clean your teeth, Mm -hmm. we would Mm -hmm. encourage you to smear it in between your teeth when you flossed. There you go. The mechanical action of the floss going up and down that removes the plaque. Mm -hmm. So you you just use a dry brush. Actually, some people do better with Mm -hmm. a dry brush Mm. because as soon as you put something that has a very strong flavor on your tongue, you lose the tactile ability. Mm. And so you brushed your teeth and you thought you did a good job. Mm -hmm. But now you're in the car driving to work and you go, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that feels fuzzy right there. And you can now feel an area that you missed. If Mm -hmm. you don't use any toothpaste, you just sit there on the edge of the bed and watch the news and brush your teeth with a dry brush. You can feel all of your teeth. And if they're nice and slick, you've probably done a good job. Oh, that's good. a little bit more time than a foamy mouth with a bunch of minty flavoring in there that's not really doing anything. Right. Yeah. Perfume. Exactly. I I get a lot of pushback because I tend to recommend kind of a pricey, you know, toothpaste. And I do primarily recommend people to use it toward the end, right before they floss, because I want to get it in between their teeth. But it's a it's a um, a natural um, antiparasitic type of toothpaste because I feel like there's a lot of parasitic infections at the beginning of the mouth and um, a lot of oral parasites so and a lot of biofilm that we can't get yeah. through so yeah. when you use sort of like this black walnut hole type of stuff that breaks up biofilm I think it helps a lot um, when but- we in biological world we take samples of the plaque and put it under a microscope and look at it to show you the entamoeba gingivalis to show you the trichomonads. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> it is cool. And you want to talk about something that will make somebody brush their teeth. <laughs> things that they've been doing before when they see that and they go, oh no. Yeah. That is not come out of my mouth. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> it's not healthy to be there. It, yeah. it, it's this information that your immune system is not functioning. We can look at the white blood cells and make sure that they're having that phagocytosis. If they're not, then we're going, okay, we need to send you to a physician. You need to go get some blood work done because there's something else going on. Right. There's a billion white blood cells, but none of them are working. And then you find out the person has leukemia. Yeah. And you're going, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Told you you had a bad immune system. 
Amen. That's right. You know, you said something really great, and and I wanted my audience to really hear it, <laughs> that the minty stuff is like putting on perfume. Because the, the thing is. I hear a lot is, you know, but I like the minty toothpaste because I it helps my bad breath. And I would push back a lot of times and say, well, if you have halitosis, you have bad breath, it's like it's a biome issue, a microbiome right. issue starting down lower in your intestine. <laughs> so, you know, maybe we, not it could be at, at the beginning and you're true. swallowing it going down. But, you know, if you're brushing teeth and you're not flossing them, it's mm -hmm. like pooping and not using any toilet paper. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a image. <laughs> there you go. So floss your teeth, brush your teeth, choose some, some raw food, chew them well. I tell people chew until if, I, do 40 chews, 40 chews, take 40 chews like that bite, chew 40 times. Why? Because I want you to make mush out of that carrot. And I want you to get in the habit of exercising those muscles actually with children. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, chewing that mechanism of chewing. And this is part of what, you know, Weston A. Price saw in, in those unindustrialized areas, these kids would chew their food. It was part of the practice and they would have healthy, straight teeth. You know, it helps with the alignment and the development of the mouth. So chew your food. I know Dude, that's simple. Look, look at your babies. Take them to a biological dentist. Make sure they don't have a tongue tie. Yeah. Make sure they have an airway that's adequate. Mm -hmm. Your kids are, are peeing in the bed at the middle of the night. It's probably not a urinary issue. It's mm. probably a mouth issue. Wow. Wow. What happens is these kids' tongues are so big and they have a tongue tie that they actually have sleep apnea at night and they stop breathing and then they wake themselves up and they've got that fight or flight wow. and then they urinate on themselves. So biological dentistry takes in way more uh -huh. than dust, no fluoride, no mercury. Yes. We really do look at a lot. At the whole person. It's kind of like the holistic practitioner of dentistry. <laughs> That's so good. Is there anything else you want to add and kind of just leave our audience with? Nah, there's a million things. So many things. Just, yeah. <laughs> we could go on and on. <laughs> well, thank you so much for yeah. spending time with us today and giving the audience some really important practical tools to help them so help them advocate for themselves, um, especially with regards to oral health and their cognitive health, because it's it's definitely interconnected. It's been a real pleasure to have you. you on and I'm so grateful for the work that you do. Don't stop doing it anytime soon. <laughs> um, not planned, if, not. if the audience needs to, wants to connect with you, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah. If they go to IABDM.org, mm -hmm. certainly they can connect with me. Um, my email is drdawn at drdawn.net. Mm -hmm. If you go through the website, I think it's executive.director at iabdm.org. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm, I'm used to getting emails. So it's part of how I spend my day. Mm -hmm. I will try to answer your question as best I can, as long as it's not specifically tailored to you. Right, right, right. I'm not can't provide on as a patient. Yeah. <laughs> can't provide medical advice over the internet. <laughs> Dr. Ewing, thank you so much for spending time with us today and giving the audience some important tools to help them advocate for themselves with regards to their oral health as well as their cognitive health. My hope is that this podcast has left you with a few new insights, hopefully some encouragement, and most importantly, some actionable steps forward toward healing your body and your brain. 
If you found this content helpful, please don't forget to give us a like and share it with someone else who might benefit from it. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram and Facebook pages. I love hearing from you guys. I look forward to spending some time with you again soon. So until then, celebrate the small victories. There really is hope for lasting healing.